Welcome to Marshfield Community Media's part-time podcast, starring the interns, Will Nicholson and Tyler Pinero. Welcome back, everyone, to the part-time podcast here at Marshfield Community Media, where the sports takes are massive, even though the wages are minimum. I think I did that backwards, but I kind of, it's like a nice change of pace, I like you know? It, you know it's, it's a weird Monday, you know, we came off of an interesting weekend, you know, yes. I, I like the wackiness around here. Well, you know, I got to change it up a little bit. Uh, you know, as always, I'm Will Nicholson. I'm Tyler Pernero. we got a great show for you today. Talking a little bit of football, talking a little bit of basketball. The and NBA tip-off is tomorrow. Some MLB postseason. Exactly, some MLB postseason. Which, you know, spoiler alert, Tyler called something really big I did. In, uh, in one of the games last night. So definitely stick around for that. Uh, but we're going to kick off with a little NFL uh, <laughs> recap. I see what you did there. <laughs> kickoff. A little kickoff. But uh, we had the Patriots win. Got to start with the Patriots. We're in, we're in New England. Un- I mean, unbelievable. Come on, right? They beat the Buffalo Bills. What was it? It was 29-25, uh, to 25, I Something believe. Something like that. Mac, yeah. Mac Jesus. Mac G, exactly. That was a really good game. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. There was a whole different energy to this <laughs> team. Like Everything felt like it was in a different type of swing. Uh, linebackers looked faster. Everyone was fired up. Every time someone made like a good play, everyone was fired Who up. Who was there? Because Mac Mac, I saw something before the game with uh, Saban. And Nick Saban was saying that Mac has all horrible body language. Mac looked a lot more into the game. Even when he made bad plays, he still kept the positive attitude. And I think that contributed big to their win. I agree. Yeah, I think exactly. The body language was better, not just for Mac, but for everyone. And obviously it starts with Mac. I, I think that everything on your team starts with your quarterback. And, you know, you could tell Mac was fired up. He was, you know, ready to, to have a great day. And I think that kind of resonated with the rest of the team where everyone looked like they were more excited and more and more hyped to be making plays. Even on the defense where you have, you know, big hits and guys aren't just, like, giving them a quick high five. They're, like, fired up. They're like, yeah, that's what we do. I think it was great. You know who else had a great day? Ezekiel Elliott. He did. Touchdown. Which One of my friend's insane. dad, he won $1,500 off of Zeke Elliott first touchdown score. That's massive. So shout out to him. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to put a little first touchdown parlay today. I don't Ooh. know who I'm going to do yet. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling? I'm feeling Hawkinson tonight first touchdown. Mm. Never a bad bet. Never a bad bet, but I got Addison and Madison playing tonight, you know, the boys. Yeah. So if one of them gets a touchdown tonight, you know, I'll be, I'll be chilling. I like that. You got, so, a, yeah. you got anyone playing tonight in fantasy? I do. I have I have Madison going in, in fantasy tonight, mm-hmm. but I've already won. I won big in every single one of my leagues today. I won by, I think, 30 points at least in, in every single league. So I'm up we by, killed it. I'm up by one. Mm. I have those two, and I'm playing against Moody. The kicker for the Oh, Niners. you're chilling. Yeah, you'll be fine. So wait, so you have Madison and Addison, and then you're going against. Uh, and I'm winning. Okay, yeah, you're by one. Yeah, you're fine. That's a that's an easy dub all around. The running backs are tough in fantasy right now, though. What was nice? I had a, I had a pretty serious kick to the face in fantasy this week. I had two of my receivers on a bye week: Jamar Chase, Nico Collins, and then I had a left field. Kyron Williams got pushed on the IR. I hate that. That was not <sighs> fun. He's out for like four weeks, and too. I almost cried again because uh, Jalen Waddle left the game yesterday. Yeah. But then he came back and, and put up out. a nice little 12 yeah, to yeah. produce for the team. No, we mess with that. We mess with Waddle. What we don't mess with is uh, Kyron Williams being out. That uh, hurt a ton because you thought maybe it'll just be one week and then they put him on IR and they're like, yeah, it's going to be more like four. So I McVay pisses me off. Yeah. That's tough. I, what's crazy is I was going to try and trade him um, just because, like, 
I didn't know how long he was going to be out, and I kind of just need the production. Uh-huh. Now it's looking like I'm going to hold on to him because no one's going to take him. But I had an offer where it was um, I get uh, Cortland Sutton and Michael Thomas for an injured Kyron Williams, which isn't a terrible deal. Ooh. Those are pretty, you know, Cortland decent Sutton wide receivers. Very consistent. Exactly. So I, that that was going to be my uh, my trade. It's off the table uh, now, though. But also, very excited, Jameer Gibbs finally had a day because mm-hmm. I needed him to have a day. After making that Brees Hall trade, I needed to justify it. And while the Lions did terrible and got absolutely whooped by the Vikings, shout out to Lamar good. Jackson. Yeah, Lamar was Fantasy like stud. balling today ow, or yesterday. Ow. I mean, uh, and uh, Sunday night game, obviously, we had potential Super Bowl matchup. So I just want to know what you thought of like how the Eagles played, how the Dolphins played. McDaniel going for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. Like, mm-hmm. let me hear your opinion on the game. Well, that's the uh, the aggressiveness that you see from uh, from Mike McDaniel is you know when you're in those fourth and short situations, he likes to go for it. And you see the Eagles do the same thing. They have the the brotherly shove. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just shows how much of a separation there really is between the Eagles and kind of everyone else in the league. Right now, besides, like, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs and the Eagles are kind of on their whole, like, another planet between the rest of the league. You see the Eagles, like, when when they need to push the ball down the field, it's like second nature, you know what I mean? When you get in those close situations and you have Jalen Hurts, that offensive line. I I, I got flamed a little bit for saying this. I think this Eagles offensive line might be one of the best in NFL history. It's got got to be up there. Got to be up there. But, yeah, I, I think they're up there. And you know you see when you know, Sirianni hot. starts to open up the playbook, it it just it reaches a whole nother level for this team. The same thing with the Chiefs. When the Chiefs need to go down and score, they go down and score. It's as simple as that. And Andy Reid starts to dial stuff up. Offensive master Andy Reid. Exactly. And uh, like you were saying with the Eagles, I think they, to my opinion, they have two Hall of Famers on that whole line. Yep. And they have Mylotta, who's another coming star. But but the only thing about the Eagles is they're starting to become like the Warriors for me. Like, I hate watching them because they're so good. Yeah. And I just don't like their offense because it's really boring because they just waste so much time and then they end up scoring. That's the thing with them, too. They have long drives. Those are going to be playoff killer drives. Mm-hmm. Those are the worst drives to play against in the playoffs mm-hmm. where it's – especially it's cold out. It's, people forget it start, when it starts to get colder, you need to run the ball. And right around playoffs is when – it starts to get cold, and you need to run the ball. And when you have a team like the Eagles, where even if they get to fourth and one, they have a play that 90% of the time is going to get them a first down. In cold weather, they run the ball phenomenally. Now they have DeAndre Swift, who people aren't going to want to tackle in the fourth. They got a three-headed dragon in the backfield. Oh, yeah. Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and DeAndre Swift. So how, how do you compete with that, especially when they've already clocked, like, three minutes out of a drive, and they've only gone, like— I th- 30 yards or something. <laughs> I think if the offense can keep up with this team, I think Cleveland could be a real problem. Yeah, the, the offense. We saw the, the defense dominate yeah. Indy, but uh, did yeah. they win or did Indy win? I don't remember. Cleveland won. Yeah, Cleveland they, won. they won by one. Shout out P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker's low-key. He's XFL been pretty good. Legend. XFL legend P.J. Walker. But no, I've, as well as far as the Eagles go, uh, I, I think they're going to be a playoff killer. Those long drives are going to absolutely kill teams, especially as we go further into the year. DJ Walker also had the throw of the year last year to DJ Moore. <laughs> that DJ Moore got a penalty for for throwing his helmet. Yeah. And then it cost him, him the game. Yep. That was tough. That was a great ball, though. I, I remember that. That was uh, versus Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, when they were both on Carolina. Now they're both on Cleveland. 
They're uh, they're balling a little bit. DJ Moore's in uh, Chicago. Chicago. There we go. There's, I was thinking of a Chicago. Oh, surprised everybody this week. They did. Actually, not everybody. I picked them to win. I no. I picked them to be Vegas. Mm-mm. I was uh, uh, I was all over that. But uh, speaking of Vegas, so I've heard some news about Devontae Adams, like being unhappy with his target share. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying, "I'm not here to hang out. I'm here to be great. I'm here to." I don't want to just win games. I want to contribute to winning the games. Mm. So, obviously, we saw Randy Moss do this when he was in Minnesota, and he ended up getting traded to the Patriots. Do you think it's smart for him to, you know, go down this same path as Randy Moss? Because Randy Moss was talking about it, saying how that was a mistake he made in his career, and he doesn't want Devontae to make the same mistake as him Yeah, because he's so great. So, like, where do you stand on Devontae Adams' comments. Well, first of all, I think Devontae is right, first of all. I think that he does need more targets because it leads to wins. And I think that Devontae has been upset with his quarterback situation for uh, pretty much his last season in Green Bay where it was, you know, okay, I have Aaron Rodgers cool, but Aaron is kind of reaching the end of his, his prime here and I'm just now hitting my prime and, you know, now he's in the absolute prime of his career. He goes, okay, I want to go to a different organization. So he goes to Vegas. Plays where with his college teammate. His college teammate. Now his college teammate is gone. And now it's what, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's I mean, that's not ideal, but fine. Now you know, with I'll Brian go, Hoyer. I'll go with Jimmy G. The injury happens. Now it's Brian Hoyer who is like, what is happening here? Like, What what are we doing here? They got rid of Jared Stidham for, uh, for Brian Hoyer. It's like, who... Who do we have back here now? We just have the Patriots backup QBs <laughs> over the last like five years, and I'm gonna call it a day. So no, I'm a, I'm I understand where Devontae's coming from, but I'm also not for people, you know, outraging in the locker room, especially when they're winning. It's one thing when Jamar Chase is like, we need to win games, we need to throw him the ball. That's one thing. When and you're winning a game and, and you're like, I I need more touches. I agree, he needs more touches, but. I don't know. I, I I think he might be done with Vegas. He doesn't like the quarterback situation. But I hear Vegas doesn't want to trade him because McDaniel's. Why would they? McDaniel's got rid of those picks. Yeah. Just so he could trade for him. Yeah. But Devonte said those words after a two-game win streak. Now he says those words, and now they lost. That's true. well. Uh, I. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's about locker room thing. I'm trying to think right now too. Where would be some trade destinations that he would want? Because obviously a team like I mean, the Eagles or the Chiefs would be say amazing, Chiefs, probably. but they can't trade for them. They don't have the assets to be able I, to trade for them. I don't think the Chiefs do. The Eagles don't. Uh, the Dolphins definitely don't. It's like what team is out there I think, that could afford Devontae Adams? I think that Cleveland need would be a very interesting spot. Maybe, yeah. I don't. It's it's tough. I think it would be an interesting spot. Just because obviously we've, we've seen like, Cooper be a wide receiver too. Yeah, when he was in Dallas. Exactly. So he's used to the role. Yeah. But, like, does Devontae want to deal with that quarterback situation there? Because yep. Deshaun is on and off, and then it's what? It's P.J. Walker, uh, which, who's good, but you, you got to think, this is Devontae Adams. He's looking for, him. like, the guy who can get him the ball. Because we've seen he's unguardable when he has a quarterback who can get him the ball in any spot. When you say Deshaun Watson's on and off, do you mean playing-wise or you mean on and off the field with injuries? A little bit of both. He's on and off the field with injuries, and also he's he's – his play style is it's kind of like that that wild card QB where he's either going to have a great down the field throw rolling to the right and just putting it on the money mm-hmm. or he's going to just throw it right to a defender trying to fit a ball uh in into a tight window so well, we saw him make it to the playoffs and he had Kansas City's number yep so no, he, he did. blew it he choked it yeah so uh 
I don't know. I think he's also a different guy since uh, since Ooh. being in Cleveland too. Here's an interesting shot. Chargers. I like that. Yeah, but I think they uh no, they're down Mike Williams and yep. they're gonna rely on a second year receiver and a rookie. Uh, yeah, uh Quinnen Johnston, I believe. Uh-huh. Well I actually like I and think he's Joshua gonna be Palmer. good. Yes. But like can they really afford him? Because you gotta think they, they just paid JC Jackson a whole lot of money and they traded um, him. So they, they really don't have assets either. There's because Devontae, you gotta think, it's at least a first round pick. It's probably gonna be a second in there, along with a valuable player too. The only team that I would really consider or one of them and com- unbiased as well is patriots. the patriots and you know let, let me explain let me explain first of all bill, bill and Devonte have already you know very much said that they respect each other so i think that would work i think mac could potentially be a good fit for uh Devonte, even though mac has struggled a little bit you know we we've seen if mac has a guy like he did in alabama that you know he wins the the national championship, and I I think that's that's something you can look at and be like, okay, if we get Devonte in our wide receiver room, then you have a guy where it's okay. Third down, Devonte is going to get open. We're going to get him the ball. But then so, I don't know. And say. then also you have this high draft pick. We have seconds to give up. I'd be willing to give up Ramondre Stevenson just because I don't think he's been that great in this offense. So, so you want to keep Ezekiel Elliott as the RB. I think so. I think Zeke's look good enough for me to to kind of say that I want him in that role. I think I Zeke is uh, just he's too touchdown dependent. Like, he's I not guess, he's yeah. not gonna go get five yards of carry. But really, neither is Ramondre. Ramondre hasn't been that great. Yeah, he's definitely underwhelming. I think Ramondre's gonna be more of a system running back. So yeah, if he does get out of here, I think it'll benefit him. But yeah, the running backs. Because who else do we have at, with Ty Montgomery? Maybe. Yeah, because we got rid of Pierre Strong. I believe he was yeah. cut. Malik Cunningham can probably play running back. At, the, at this point, yeah, he could. He can play like any position on the field. Yeah. But even then, you just like you can go Zeke, and when you don't want um, another running back in there, just play the two tight ends. I think not even fantasy wise this week kind of just sucked because of the teams that were on buys. Because you know, obviously we had Bengals, the Texans who are looking really good. Uh, who else? The Cowboys, obviously, you know. They're just a fun team to watch because if they do bad, you can make fun of them. Exactly. But if they do good, you know, it's awesome. It's their year, apparently. <laughs> uh, the Titans, uh, no, they're not great, but we love watching Derrick Henry just King Henry just running through people. people, yep. And uh, was there? Oh, the Jets. Obviously, we love, everyone loves watching the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was just like a rough week of buys, but, you know, we're going to have a good week eight, hopefully. It's a bounce back week. We got a we got a decent Thursday night game, I believe. It's uh it's Buffalo okay. and someone else. Uh, I will check that. We'll check that. Right uh, we got a good Monday night game today too. We've got uh we're filming this on on Monday, by the way, as we usually do on on the part time pod. Uh, we've got the 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings playing tonight. Um, I'm gonna take the 49ers. I I think that you know, well, so controversial. I'm I'm taking the 49ers. I know the game's in Minnesota, but I still think I no think Justin Jefferson, big problems. I don't think that matters really. Uh, where the game is, like Brock Purdy's elite, McCaffrey's playing, Debo's not. So yeah. they're gonna get Kittle and more involved, obviously, because exactly. it's tight ends weekend. Yeah. Uh, they can get Ayuk more involved now, because now they're not gonna suddenly lose Debo. They're going to game plan to get Ayuk ready for the game. Yep. Uh, then, obviously, we've seen their defense. Their defense is amazing. The Vikings defense is the polar opposite of what the Niners defense is. 
Kirk Cousins isn't really that good under the lights. So that's true. Prime time as long Kirk. as he can get uh, Addison and Madison involved, and only hold and only let Jake Moody kick PATs, <laughs> I think we're in for a good night. <laughs> then you'll you'll be happy. I uh, just found out the Thursday night game this week is going to be Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay versus Buffalo. Okay, so still, t- it's another game where Buffalo is just probably gonna they should roll through. they should, but, but they should be. We saw the what Patriots. happened this week. Yeah. Oh, uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, all football aside, we've got a big basketball week coming up. Yes, sir. This is my favorite time of the year. NBA tip off, baby. Exactly. So we are once again filming on. Monday and tomorrow is the opening tip off. Uh, I forget exactly what the the teams were. It's uh, it's it's Nuggets it. are playing the well, we Lakers. Got, we got Nuggets Lakers. Okay, first game of the night. And then you know a little later at ten o'clock, we got Phoenix versus Golden State. All right. So I want to know what you think about those two matchups. Who's winning? Who's losing? Uh, anyone gonna break out for like a fifty piece? What do you think? Mm. Um, honestly, I think that the Lakers might pull up an ups- uh, an upset. I think uh, I really like the the changes that they made and the pieces. I feel like D'Angelo Russell is gonna come into his own, and uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for the uh, for the Lakers this year. I think they're gonna be a uh, decent team. So I'm gonna pick the Lakers versus the Nuggets, which is hard to go against, you know, Murray and and Jokic because that's such a good duo. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I it feels like a different energy for the uh, for the Lakers this year. I feel like LeBron has has more to prove. Some could say the energy is about a shift. The energy LA. is about a shift. Um, and then for what was the other one? Golden That's, State uh, and Phoenix. Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to take Golden State. I, I I'm interested to see how Chris Paul on the bench is going to work. And I think when you have these big trios, it takes a minute for them to kind of get their uh, themselves together with Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant. And uh, Devin Booker, obviously Durant oh. and Booker, you know, are have been together for like the end of the season, but still they haven't played together a lot. So I don't know. I I don't think that right away we're gonna see Phoenix be crazy dominant. This is going to get quite controversial. My picks are the polar opposite of yours. Oh really? All yes. right. I you can't bet against Denver. Like we watched it in the playoffs. Like they are just so good. They have such a good offense. Michael Malone is just a basketball genius. But do you think the loss of Bruce Brown affects them? I don't I think, think it affects, that affects them, more them too bad. Credit. Because I think Christian Brown is going to take a big leap. Okay. A rookie, because we saw him obviously uh, get benched against Phoenix yeah. in that series. And then he came back against the Lakers, and, you know, he played really good. Yeah. Like we saw him, he was stellar. Then in the finals, he contributed, you know, scoring like 10 points off the bench, grabbing like a couple rebounds. So that's really what Bruce Brown was doing. Now, you know, they lost them. Bruce Brown got paid very well by Indiana. But you have the best player in the world. You have a top five point guard in the league. And you have another elite third third option who could be an all-star on a bunch of different teams. No, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think Denver is going to be really good this year. But I think when you open a, a season, especially the Lakers have had, like, rest the whole offseason too. They have a new game plan going in. I think we might see a little bit of uh, the championship fatigue. Uh, you know, Jokic obviously has been and uh, yeah, in uh, where is he? It's is it Serbia? Serbia. It is Serbia. Serbia. Yep. So he's been doing his thing in Serbia. Jamal Murray uh, thought about doing the uh, Team Canada Olympic team. He, I don't think he played. Did he, he didn't play. No, because uh, Jokic made the joke. He didn't want to do the two days. Yeah. So I think this team might be a little fatigued. I don't know. We'll we'll see yeah. if the you know the adrenaline of the opening. Tip off, uh, kind of gets there, but I knows. just checked and uh, it's gonna be in Denver, so okay, players are gonna be getting their rings. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a beautiful night. 
and obviously for the Suns, I just think it's going to be really hard to stop that big three, but there's obviously teams that can do it. I just don't think the Warriors are one of those teams. Because to me, the Warriors only have, they have good defenders, but I don't think their defenders can match up with Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. You just, I just can't uh, guard Kevin Durant. Yeah, so just yeah. put him aside. No one can. It doesn't matter. I think Clay can do a pretty good job on Booker, but then what are you going to do with Beal? Draymond's, yeah. Draymond's not strapping him up. Yeah. Looney isn't strapping him up. Because I think those three guys I said from the Warriors are their top three defenders. There's a loony, he's such like, he's an inside force, and he really doesn't have an outside game, offense or defense. Yeah. But, and then Draymond, you know, he's only getting older. But he's a defensive player of the year. Exactly. So you can't take it away from him. And Clay's just been a super solid perimeter defender his entire career. I think we got to see a lot more of the uh, analytical and maybe, like, uh, methodical coaching style of Steve Kerr in the playoffs last year that... Uh, there's a really interesting video out there. I forget who it was by, but uh, it's 40 minutes. It's like a video essay almost, and uh, it's about the coaching chess match between um, it's Mike Brown and uh, Steve Kerr. Oh, Malone? Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, the Sacramento oh. series. It, oh, yeah. it is Mike Brown there still, right? It is Mike Brown, yeah. yeah. So, and it, it was really well in-depth about you know how Steve Kerr looks as a coach when mm-hmm. he doesn't have – all these, you know, all stars there because he he didn't we have saw. Draymond for a game, and then you saw the adjustments, and you saw like Steph turned up for a game, but everything they were like getting him different looks. And then when Draymond came back, Draymond came off the bench. He didn't start. Yeah, so it it was really cool to see, uh, you know, because before the Steve Kerr teams it was like, okay, just get Katie and Steph open, and they're gonna figure the rest out. And while Steve did call really good plays, it was like, okay. But he has Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, whatever. But now you kind of see he has to use more of his role players and kind of have them play different, uh, you know, wear different hats, you like could say. Andrew Wiggins. Yes. I t- completely forgot about him. I, I, Andrew Wiggins, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I have you on my fantasy team, so I'll kick, we some, love butt, Andrew kick some butt tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're with that. So, but I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Steve Kerr with – you know this this team where he has a really good bench piece now because you could tell Steve Kerr hated Jordan Poole. He hated seeing that. He, he hated all the step back threes. But. I think I have a fun game we can do right now. Okay, let's each take you know five minutes. All right, let's write out our award predictions for this season. I like that, and then we'll just share them. All right, all right. So we will be back. All right, everybody, and we're back. Uh, that we took a lot quicker than I thought we were going to, but <laughs> we have our things. So I'm gonna just say the award. Okay. You can say yours first, and I'll say mine after. All right. All right, first up, we got... Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. We're going to go in reverse order. All right, all right. Who was your pick, Will, for Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year, I am going to go with Nick Nurse, the new coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like he's really going to elevate this team to a new level. I know they were a playoff team uh, last year, but I I think Mm -hmm. that they're going to be um, dramatically improved. At coach, some would say. Exactly, yeah. But... Fun fact, Nick Nurse has actually already won Coach of the Year I know, from the season the, he won the with the Raptors. Yep. So, I swear this pick wasn't biased. My pick for Coach of the Year is Joe Missoula. I like that. Okay. I think last year, Missoula, because we all saw the situation that happened with Ime, he kind of got thrown into that coaching role. Yes. So he really, you know, he had to learn everything so quick. He didn't get to pick his new staff. He had to go with the old yep. staff from last year. Now, so. he obviously picked up Sam Cassell, Adrian Griffin. Mm-hmm. He's got... Pierce, Rondo, I was gonna say they're working the Cedric team now, Maxwell, yeah. all these guys coming to practice. 
I think now that Missoula has like established his system, he's gonna be able to carry bring this team even further than they did last year. I like year. that. I, I and like that pick. Obviously now you got Drew Holiday, you got Chris Porzingis. You pick up these bench guys like O'Shea Brissett, Lamar Stevens. I think Missoula, you know, he's gonna show people that, you know, he didn't just have a good roster. That he can actually be a good coach, even though he's so young. I like that. I, I really like that. I didn't even think about considering Joe Missoula just because he won so many games last year. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I think that's the same thing with Nick Nurse. Um, where Nick Nurse, I think on he was still paper, a great coach. Yeah, he was still a great coach. But I, I think that what he's going to bring to this team is going to take him to a whole nother level. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think with Nick Nurse too. I think the Raptors just struggled a lot last year because they're so yeah, young. Yeah, And people didn't know like. Were they going to trade Van Vliet at them? Were they going to trade Siakam? They want to move on from OG. What are they going to do with Barnes? Are they building around him? Yep. I think there's like a lot of holes in Toronto that you know they're slowly starting to cover up with like you know letting Van Fleet walk, trying to build around OG and uh, Scotty Barnes. Yep. You know letting Siakam be like walk into free agency next year. It's just going to be like a lot of mysteries. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, Toronto's a big question mark. Definitely. All right. Uh, next one, we're going to go with Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year. All right. So uh, I went with, uh, I think this is uh, probably one of the top picks for the favorites. I'm going with Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. Great pick, uh, the Block Panther. Yeah, exactly. He he didn't win it last year, did he? He did win it last year. He did win it last year. So I think he's probably the favorite to to repeat it again. I think it's gonna be the same situation in Memphis where he's gonna you know just go crazy on defense. So uh, we'll see. But I think that's a really obvious pick. I can't really think of you can't any other deny guy him though because he's such a freak athlete. Yeah, so long he moves so well. Exactly. He averages like two or three blocks a game. Yeah. We have seen people win it back to back. Yep. With yep. Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gobert, Ben Wallace. I think uh, I think Embiid has a chance to win it as well, and I think Giannis has a chance. But other than that, it's uh, I so, couldn't really think of anyone. But let's who who did you pick for a defensive player? Of the my year? pick was Evan Mobley. Okay, I like that. So Mobley, he was a freak in college. We all saw it, but he's so versatile. I think he moves better than Mobley. He's a good shot blocker, but he can defend two through five. I don't really think he can hang with point guards, but you know if you stick him on a two guard, I think he can hold his own because he's kind of like. You've seen how Wemby plays. Like he can get everywhere. He can block you on a pull up. He can stay in front of you. He won't get blown by. So that's why I think you know Mobley's my pick for a defensive player of the year. I like that. Uh, do you do you uh, kind of deny people when they say that he's uh, he's too skinny or what? What do you think about that whole thing? I mean, not really anymore because now he's you shown s- that he's a great defender. You see guys now like Chet and Wemby though, yeah, and you see that Mobley actually has like meat on his bones, yeah. yeah. So I think you know he obviously has a great center next to him and Jared Allen that yep. he can learn from because Jared Allen is, is an amazing shot blocker that we've all seen from the highlight tape. But I think now if because we saw Jared Allen be an All Star, but now he's just regressing. I think Mobley can take over as that starting center instead of having to play yep. the four, and I think that can open up Cleveland's offense to do him more because. Jared Allen can't really shoot, and Mobley kind of has a jump shot. So maybe if you start, you know, going like Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and, you know, there are other guys they got out there, they could become, like, a lot louder of a team, you could say. All right. I I, mess, I really messed with that pick. I didn't even, he didn't even cross my mind, but I like that. Uh, So our next one is most improved player. All right. So for most improved, I am going to pick someone who – Started a little bit last year and uh, didn't do too hot when he was a starter, and then he got moved back to the bench, and uh, and then he got traded in this uh, this past off season. But I think that he's going to come in 
and he's going to be the number one option on this team now. So my, my pick was Jordan Poole, the Washington Wizards, to, to come, win, <laughs> come in and win the most improved. Oh, uh, I like it. He's the number one option on that team now. We saw he had, he had like, what, a 40-piece or something already? Yeah. Did you see uh, Denny? 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 <laughs> the funniest part was, like, two days after that, Denny signed an extension with the Wizards. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. He knows he's in for trouble. He knows, yeah. But I, I think that Poole is going to be the number one option on this team. They're going to figure it out. I think um, Poole is ready for such a great career. Yeah. He won his ring. Yep. And now... He, he got paid. He has a bag. Yep. He is going to have a... He's, he's the number one option on a team. And uh, I think he's thriving. And I don't think he's one of those guys who really cares where he's playing. The best part about Poole is he actually... Contributed to his ring. He yes. wasn't like a rookie. Yeah, like he yep. was a piece on that championship 100%, team. Hundred percent. Yeah, but uh, I'm excited to see Jordan Poole. He's gonna be one of those guys who uh, he reminds me a lot of like J.R. Smith or just like just like guys who have God. that green light. Imagine if Prime J.R. Smith got to play on like the fir- be the first option on yeah on, on like the Nets or when they were terrible. Oh my like, God, <laughs> that's what this feels like. He's <laughs> the number one option. Speaking of the Nets, like a terrible I feel team. like. The favorite to win this award has to be Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges, Because we saw yeah, him yeah. become a star when yeah. he got traded for Kevin I love Mikael, too. I'm but a big fan. He is not my pick. Okay. My pick for the most approved player of the year is Josh Giddy from the Oklahoma, I like that from one. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Now, he's obviously playing next to, you know, probably the best point guard in the league statistically, not, mm-hmm. you know, legacy-wise like Steph Curry is in SGA. But look at the team around him. So Giddy's probably like their actual point guard because yep. he can just run the floor and Shea can score. You got Dort in the starting five. You got Jalen Williams. And now you got Chet. Okay. I think Josh Giddy running the floor with Chet is going to open him up for, you know, more assists. Uh, it's going to help him score more because Chet's going to be obviously a bigger threat than uh, whoever they had last year. I can't remember the name. But Giddy's going to be able to score more, rebound. Get more assists, just become more playmaker, and we maybe could see Giddy become an All Star. But mm. if he doesn't, I feel like then this pick's gonna bust because I feel like this award is meant for a first time All Star. Yeah. So I think your pick with Jordan Poole is good. I was really, really considering it. Yeah. But I had to go with my gut. Yeah. No, I, I like the Josh Giddy pick. I think he definitely is a guy who, like, you look at and be like, oh, you know, this could be the year where the Thunder are. You know, one of the, one of those playoff teams, and it's mm-hmm. because Giddy's just dishing the ball out, and and he's hitting Chad, and he's he's moving off ball for Wemby or not Wemby, sorry Chet. for uh, for oh, SGA. Chet, yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I know I, you see me in that Shea jersey over the weekend. I know, yeah, you were rocking the Shea jersey. I liked it. I was, you know, you were you were a great ref. Thank you. You were a great ref. I will say. I had to deal with some annoying people in the crowd. But, I know, you know, I know. I was one of the annoying people. But I, <laughs> you my, were bad. no, but I wasn't on you. That yeah. was the thing. You're just, was, a, you're just a passionate fan. Yeah, I was just cheering on my brother. You're you know? a Nicholson super fan. Exactly. <laughs> always, always. So our next award is the sixth man of the year. Mm, all right. Obviously, last year's winner probably isn't going to win it again because he's yep. probably going to start now. Yep. I want to. I'm gonna curious. Who do you think? So for my sixth man of the year, I'm gonna pick a guy who uh, is. He might not even come off the bench, but if he does, I think this is an easy pick. I know he's he's talked to his coach a little bit about it. I'm gonna go with Chris Paul to win sixth man wow. of the year. I think he's gonna end up coming wow. off on the bench, and I think he's gonna be Dude, like he, a, almost he, like a 
like how Sean Livingston was for those Warriors teams, where he comes off, he's a mid-range demon, he's going to be hitting guys for open shots. You just threw me a curveball in the dirt. Yeah. And I swung at it like a fastball. <laughs> Jesus. I did but, not see that coming. Yeah, I, I think Chris Paul is, is going to, I mean, first of all, if Chris Paul comes off the bench, I feel like this award is, is a lot more of a possibility, but it's yep. if he's going to come off the bench. And uh, Which, you know, I, I think he will. I think be. he will, because yeah. I think the Warriors starting five is going to be Steph, Clay, Wiggins, uh, Draymond, and then Looney. Yeah. But, obviously, if something happens like last year, because Jordan Poole obviously wasn't eligible for it because yep. he started too many games. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think that they're going to go a lot uh, Chris Paul off the bench, especially the Chris Paul is, like, what, like 37 now? He's old. He's old, old. for NBA old, but, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's my pick. My pick is a Kentucky boy. We saw him blossom in the playoffs, even though he only lasted one round. My pick for six man of the year is Malik Monk. I like that. Okay. So, I think now it's big because he's playing with his college teammate, De'Aaron Fox. We saw Monk take over as the leading option when the Warriors would, mm-hmm. you know, try and double-team De'Aaron. And we even saw Monk put up, like, 40. So I think that you know he can just he can just continue to get better. I think the Kings are just going to be a really good team again this year. They're going to get a lot more recognition now because they didn't get a lot of nationally televised games last year because yep. the year before they've been so poor for so many years. Yep. But you know, energy shifted, new arena, like the beam, like the beam. It's time to go. The Kings are amazing. They're one of my favorite teams in the league to watch. I love yep. Darren Fox. I like watching Sabonis, and. I think Malik Monk is their third best player, so I think Malik Monk is my pick for six minute year. I like that. I'm I'm a big fan of that pick. I so, will say. I want to try and say this one at the same time because we might have the same answer for this one. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, so r- rookie of the year. Okay, ready. Three, two, one. Wemby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sh- it shouldn't be close. This guy looks like an alien. Yeah. It's it sh- like who else but Wemby? Maybe Scoot if Scoot gets the touches. Maybe but- Chet. Maybe Chet, yeah, Maybe I, Chet. I don't mind the Chet pick, but, but I think Wemby's going to be so, even if he's not fully developed on offense, he's his defense to pe- is going to be other insane. people's legs. Yeah. He's blocking three pointers from Clay Thompson. He's freaking euro stepping people, dunking yeah. in like one dribble. One skill that translated immediately for him, you can already tell, is his defense. He's not going to be getting like taking advantage of it. people. Are like, oh, like they're just going to stick a big guy on him. No, uh, that that, that hasn't working. worked. That has when he's put worked. on, I think twenty pounds since the draft. Yeah. Too. It is that's not gonna work. His defense is immediately gonna translate into the league. His offense, I still think, is gonna be insanely good just because of his natural talent. I think he's still gonna look maybe a little underdeveloped. He's gonna have to polish up certain parts of his game, but definitely on defense, I think that a hundred percent is gonna translate, and that's gonna be the main driving force for him winning rookie of the year. I think another cool thing about Wemby is his mid range game is still so good. Yeah. Even in the best league in the world. Like you see him hitting these crazy pull ups over people. He's hitting three pointers. Like, yeah, the dude is literally like creating a demigod. On he's an people. alien. He's like, a my player. He's not. I don't think he's real. Yeah, the basketball. I think he's kind of like Yao Ming. Gods got tired of old heads and and the new generation talking about who's better, Jordan or or LeBron. So they said, all right, you know what? Whatever, we'll settle we'll, a little. We'll, create, we'll create a human. <laughs> and we'll we'll send the best player ever. We'll just create him in France real quick and and send him over. So now this is probably going to be. The most interesting pick out of all of them. Yes. The most valuable player. So for the MVP, the MVP is a weird award because you would think like, okay, should it be the best player on the best team 
or you know the the big thing that I see a with the MVP or like a player that makes his team great. Like exactly, like, like we saw Giannis win it, who's yep. the best player. We've seen Jokic win it, yeah, who's the sole reason his team is that good. I have a couple reasons uh, for my MVP pick. Uh, you see, historically, someone to win the MVP either has to have never won it before or won it in the previous year. And once that three-year gap happens, they probably don't win it again. Um, so people like Giannis, I feel like he's in contention. I don't think he's gonna he's gonna make it. Um, I'm actually gonna pick a first-time MVP winner, and he doesn't wear number zero for the Boston Celtics. Ooh, he doesn't. I, wait, to, can I take a guess who it is? You can. Does he wear number seventy-seven? For he the does Dallas indeed. Win? My pick for MVP, Luka Doncic. I feel like this is the year where it, it kind of feels like everything's in the cards for him to go and win the MVP. I think this is the year he goes out and he does it. He has a good running mate with him now in Kyrie Irving. Ooh, so I'm, but I'm Kyrie, all for Kyrie it. can also shake up the locker room. So That's true. That is true, but I think Luka's just going to go out there and play ball. You know, I have Luka in fantasy this year. Mm. So obviously I'm expecting big things, and we all know Luka is amazing. Yep. But he's not amazing enough to be my pick for the MVP. Okay. You can probably guess who my pick for the MVP is because... He, he's does he wear number zero in Boston? He does wear number zero in Boston. <laughs> Jason Christopher Tatum Sr. is my pick for this year's most valuable player. I like that. I was close. I was close to a Tatum pick, but I, I, I'd like to hear your, your I reasoning. just think, you know, we've seen him be so great, and I think now he has an amazing supporting cast around him. That's time he takes the leap. He doesn't have to go out and be, you know, the best scorer every single night. He can be your best defender. He can be your best playmaker. He can be your best rebounder. Whatever the Celtics are going to need him to do, he'll probably do it. Because he can go out, score 60. He can go out, he can get 20 rebounds. He can go get five blocks. I think Tatum is down due for the... We just saw him average 30. And I think yep. he can have an even better season. I think he's on the path to greatness. I think he can help lead the Celtics team to... Hopefully, banner number 18. I'm not trying to jinx anything. I'm just, you know, praying to the gods on this one yep. that he gets it done. Uh, and here's an interesting one, because we all know the NFL has comeback player of the year. Yeah. If the NBA had comeback player of the year, mm. who would win? Who would be your pick to win it this season? That's a tough one for comeback player of the year. I can say, uh, I'll say mine so you can get a little idea. Just don't copy me. I think I we might have the same guy. Say it. Is it Chet? That is not. Okay. No, I wouldn't even count Chet because he didn't play last year. So that, yeah, he, that's fair, know. actually. Because if he's in Rookie of the Year. So yeah, my yeah. pick for Comeback Player of the Year would be Zion. Okay. Because Zion, you know, he's just struggled a lot throughout his career with staying healthy, staying in shape. Yep. I think now Zion is ready to go. He's already a two-time All-Star, but he hasn't played 50 games in a season yet. Mm -hmm. I think Zion's going to come out hungry. He's going to want to dominate. The Pelicans are a top three team in the West when Zion plays because you'll have to worry about him. You'll have to worry about B.I. You'll have to worry about C.J. McCollum. I think Zion is, you know, the centerpiece of that New Orleans team. They should not trade him. They need to keep him there for the long run if they want to be great. He can get them to the finals. He can be the most dominant player in the league. I think this year Zion's going to stay healthy. He's going to show everybody why the hype was real when he was coming out of high school, why he was the first pick coming out of Duke. In that he can be a top ten player. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm messing with that. Um, it's hard for me to to pick a comeback player of the year because it feels like it's it's someone who has to be like injured for a while, and 
like Zion's a really good pick, but I'm trying to think of other guys who were who were injured who could be in contention for that award. And I'm I'm really not seeing anyone set up for it other than than Zion. I know you said don't copy, but <laughs> well, here's one example. Last year, you could have said Jamal Murray. Yeah, that's true. Coming off the ACL. Yeah. <sighs> it's uh, it's tough. I I don't know. I don't know who I would, who I would uh pick for comeback player of the year because I feel like the only guy who kind of fits the description of like an injured player who's gonna come back and be good. Is uh is Zion? I think there's another one that I think you're just missing. Who who's that? Uh, his nickname is Street Clothes. Street Clothes plays in L.A. as Cornrows. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, I think Ka- Kawhi could could be in contention. The thing is with Kawhi, I feel like he load manages already. Yeah. On top of injuries, so I I feel like I think the that's 1v- a tough pick to make. I think they'll practice one v ones for who's gonna get to sit out are gonna be intense between oh, him, yeah. him and Paul George. Oh yeah. I still can't believe that they. I do think that they Kawhi moved over from SGA for that duo. That doesn't play. I think uh, Kawhi is going to win that series, though. Yeah. I think he's going to sit out more than PG does. A hundred percent. Speaking of load management, I've already heard that the Spurs are going to load manage Wembenyama. Uh, I don't like that San Antonio is going to load manage Wembenyama. We all want to see him play. Like, stop! Don't just make him sit on the bench yep. if you guys are playing the Hawks. Like, let him play. People want to see Wemby too. Wemby's it's exciting. Go, Kevin Garnett was the big ticket. Wemby's the gigantic ticket. Yeah, like no one wants to go to a Spurs game if yeah. Wemby's not even going to be suited up. Let's I be agree. honest. They're going to see. Oh, Wemby's just in a suit. Yep. Bye. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be <laughs> tough to, to see him load manage. Um, I think we'll get into a little bit of uh of MLB here. Yes, um, sir. So you you had a crazy prediction that I know you wanted to talk oh. about. So I I want to know what uh what what was going on last so, night. So last night, uh, do you have YouTube TV? I do not actually. So, YouTube TV has this awesome feature during sports seasons where you can watch multiple games at once. They do mm. it during March Madness where you can watch four games at the same time. So last night they had it for Eagles Sunday night and uh, ALCS. Game six. So they're at uh, Bash Stadium. I can't think of the name. Minute Maid Park. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So they're there. Rangers are up uh, 4-2, top of the ninth. Uh, Corey Seager gets drilled in the ankle with a pitch. So he walks. Bases are loaded. Uh, next man comes up, strikes out. And then Adolis Garcia comes to the plate. And I'm like, wow. This is – they gave me the same energy as uh, – Bryce Harper's go-ahead homer against the Padres last year to send them to the World Series. And I'm like, wow, those Garcia really may hit a grand slam right here. So I'm watching the Eagles, and then I'm looking back. Garcia gets a pitch, and he absolutely obliterates it into the left field stands. And I'm like, wow, that really just happened. <laughs> but I think Garcia is one of those players that he's like the Cunha, Bryce Harper. He's built for the big stage. Mm-hmm. He can deliver. He's a dog, as some would say. Dog. So you you called it like I, the I, uh, I called the shot. I'm basically Grand Slam. I'm basically Babe Ruth. <laughs> I like that. I uh, I haven't really been following much of the uh, MLB playoffs right now, so, uh, strictly because I have a lot going on editing right now. So it's yeah, been yeah. tough to to watch some games. But. So we got four teams left. Mm-hmm. We got obviously. The Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros in the ALCS game seven tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got the NLCS game six tonight. 
Phillies versus Arizona Diamondbacks. So, from a regular man's perspective, I want to know who you think is going to win. Uh, the te- Battle of Texas is win or go home. Phillies win, they close it out. Diamondbacks win, they force Game 7. So, what are you thinking? First of all, I'm, I'm going to pick the Phillies to win just because I think that Bryce Harper, while he does kind of lose his cool sometimes, I think he is that dude. And I don't think you can poke. If you poke the bear, you screw up. Exactly. So I'm, I'm picking uh, Bryce Harper. And who, who are they playing? You said the Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks. Yeah, so I'm going to pick uh, I'm gonna pick the Phillies and Bryce Harper to, to win that one. Something interesting. I believe three out of the four teams left are all wild card teams. That's insane. Shows those wild card games mattered. Yeah. And well, the, the other one so was much uh, good what, competition the, the Battle of Texas. It was the Rangers and who else? The Astros. The, the Astros. The, the Cheaters. She, exactly. Well, I can't pick the Astros at that point. No, they they did win a ring legitimately. So finally, Scherzer is on the mound tonight for okay. uh, the Rangers, but Scherzer did not look too hot in his last start. So yep. hopefully he can bounce back. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Rangers though. Those I think the thing with the my, Phillies uh, is my inexperienced baseball picks. <laughs> I think the thing with the Phillies is they are so fun to watch. Yeah, like you have a lot of bam players like. Bryce Harper, obviously, who is the centerpiece, the dog of that team. Mm-hmm. Schwarber. Schwarber. The, lead, the leadoff man who can make it 1-0 in about 30 seconds into the yeah. game. Trey Turner. Nick Castellanos, who I, I'm a huge fan of Nick Castellanos in celebration. Yeah. This one. It's love when it, I just love when he hits uh when he hits home runs at uh you know the the best times ever. His timing yeah. is, is I, great. I think his son's awesome too, Liam. <laughs> Shout out to Liam Castellanos if you listen. <laughs> Big fan. So uh, before we kind of head out here today, uh, Tyler, you got a little season coming up. You had a meeting today. I did. If uh, Tyler, if if you didn't know, is a basketball player for uh, for Marshfield High School, and uh, I'm I'm excited for him to to suit up for the varsity this year and for me to call a couple of his games. But uh, you know how how is uh how how are you feeling actually you going know, into the season? A lot of emotions are going through my body right now. You know, it's senior season. Mm. Uh, you know. We got a lot of good players this year. It's going to be a competition to get minutes. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen with who's going to be on the roster or not because yep. only 15, 16 spots. But I think we're in for a good season. I think we're going to be a fun team to watch. Yep. We're going to win some games. You know, we're going to you know bring the energy to the gym that's needed. And yeah, we're going to have fun along the way. So everyone listening, I hope you see you at games this year. I like that. I'm I'm excited to to come and do some of the games and. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get a good amount of minutes and uh, you're able to go in there and, and make some shots. Um, so. Also, are you playing rec this year? Uh, I am not. Ah. Because. Because that's where I last, coach. That's last my... year, uh, very unfortunately, I almost completely tore my MCL in rec. In re- oh, yeah. So, so you got to uh, avoid that. I, I uh, hung up. Hung up the cleats in rec this year, so I'm refing full-time in rec. Refing full-time. Can yep. you coach a team and ref, or is that, like, unethical? Well, I don't think I would do that anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. I could, well, be, I, I I could be, maybe uh, GM. I could maybe GM. Okay, all right. I could help you draft. Actually, I actually do need help drafting because need, last, need uh, last time I coached, uh, when I went to go draft, I picked, obviously, like, my brothers were in automatic, yeah. and then from there I didn't really know anyone. So, uh it's gonna be the same thing this year. I'm gonna have Ty and Aiden as a as you know my my keepers, my picks. Is uh what's his face gonna be your uh, assistant coach? Brady. Brady. Be Nick. I think he will be. Yeah. 
We're gonna I think have Phil Nich- Nicholson team. I think he can bring the fire to the team. You know. Yeah. He can help the guys on the bench if they're struggling. You yeah. know, he will get the bench rolling. Exactly. You know, if he's a confidence guy for sure. If you're not in the game, you can still support your teammates from the bench. Yeah. Yep. Got to get loud. Got to support everybody because only five people can be on the court at a time. Exactly. Basketball. And my very game plan is always: we might not have the best team. We're gonna have the most fun and the best yes. celebrations. That's what it was for me all year. We had we had bench uh, dancing celebrations back just, in the just day. Just no fighting. Of course, Please. of course. You don't, you don't a, want the ref to get involved. No, no, no. My my team's never about that. My team's never about that. We uh we just have fun. We like to pull off the the Brooklyn Nets. The, uh, they try to be great. Yeah, we 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 do all that. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll be a. Uh, well, it'll be good. It'll be good. We got a lot of stuff going on. Discipline um, parties. We are we're reaching the point where I have. Only about like a month and a half left uh, for my time here at MCM, Damn. which is, which is strange. I've been here for two years now. That sounds like and, uh, six more episodes. It does, yeah. It's uh, it's straight. I have the it looks uh, like we're gonna get ten people. We're we're coming to the ends of of, uh, of October, yep. and then I have the month of October, and then I have uh, half of December, and then uh, and then that's it. This ten wraps. part series is going to be crazy. I know it's going to be the best ten episodes of a podcast that you've you've ever heard. And then it's you know who knows if I if I'm coming back after that or uh, whatever. But we'll see. Well, we'll see how it is, ladies and gentlemen. On that note, this has been episode four of the part time podcast, starring myself, Tyler Panero, and I am Will Nicholson. Thank you so much for watching. Always remember, cough into your elbow. <laughs> And have a marvelous Monday, people. Peace. See you again soon.